Blog Talk Radio. This is the 4 FCS Fanatics Radio Show with your hosts, Adam Willie, Preston Adams, Dakota Collins, and Jeff Wigton. And now, here's the show. How's it going, everybody? It's another Thursday night. That means it's another episode of the 4 FCS Fanatics <clears throat> here on Block Talk Radio. Uh, I am Dakota Collins, and I am solo right now, but I will be joined just a little bit later by Adam Willie as Jeff and Preston are out of town tonight. Um, we didn't air last week because of Thanksgiving, because of the holiday, so I hope everyone out there had a fantastic Thanksgiving day. I uh, hope y'all didn't eat too much. Got to save room for you know Christmas, which is right around the corner, believe it or not. And what's also right around the corner is the second round of the FCS playoffs. Last week, we had the first round. There was eight games. And I know me and Adam are going to recap them more when he joins. But just you know, give a brief overview of what happened. Uh, the big upset last week was Duquesne over Towson, 31 to 10. Wofford handled Elon, 19 to 7, very low scoring game in South Carolina. But the Terriers get the W. They get a date with Kennesaw State in the second round. Southeast Missouri State got a big win at home against Stony Brook. The you know the Redbirds they were down uh, 14 nothing. They come to score 28 unanswered, defend their home. Uh, Southeast Missouri State, that's an offense that averages 40 points a game, so really big for them. You know, the offense was slow, you know, shut down early on, but still find a way, grind out a win against a, you know, team from what many consider the best conference in all of FCS. Uh, moving on, Montana State gets the home win against Incarnate, where 35-14. James Madison gets a sloppy win over Delaware, 20-6. to Nichols wins a high-scoring affair with San Diego, 49-30. UNI squeaks out past Lamar, 16-13. And probably the game of the night was Jacksonville State defeating East Tennessee State, 34-27. No doubt the upset of the week was Duquesne over Towson. It was a very messy game in um, at Towson, Maryland. You know, the weather was – Pretty off. I watched a little bit of that game. It's a torrential downpour. Um, but Duquesne's got that stud running back, A.J. Hines. He was able to lead the Dukes past Towson. Both teams rushing for over 200 yards in that game because really when it's, you know, weather's that bad, you're not going to be throwing the ball that much. A.J. Hines, as we said, he rushed for 175 yards, over six yards per carry, and got a touchdown. Townsend star player, their quarterback, Tom Flacco, wasn't able to do what he's usually able to do because of the weather. He only completed 10 passes out of 33 attempts for just 127 yards. That's Townsend's offense, really. You know, they got out to a 10 nothing lead at home against Duquesne. But then A.J. Hines and the Dukes just kept wearing them down all game. Townsend couldn't find an answer. Rules off 31 unanswered points and gets Duquesne the huge road win over Towson, and now this sets up a date with, let me make sure, yeah, South Dakota State for the Dukes. Um, Not a very easy task for Duquesne. These two teams did meet last season in the season opener, and South Dakota State, you know, just crushed Duquesne 51-13. But it's a new season. Playoffs are a different season. Uh, A.J. Hines is able to run the ball because South Dakota State's defense hasn't been that impressive. Um, you know, they had they gave up 51 points to Indiana State. You know, they gave up 38 to Southern Illinois. So, the thing with the Jackrabbits, though, is their offense is so potent, and they've got what some say is the best quarterback in the FCS in Taron Christian. So, if South Coast State's able to move the ball efficiently and most probably score points, I just don't feel like no matter what A.J. Hines and Duquesne does, they're not going to be able to keep up with the Jackrabbits in a foot race. And then moving on, one of the most intriguing matchups of the second round, in my opinion, is Wofford at Kennesaw State. you got two teams that run the option. So if you're going out, I would definitely put money on the under. 
because not only is one option team involved, it's two option teams. Um, Wofford, you know, they got 19 points against Elon. Uh, Kennesaw State, you know, they got the week off, you know, being the national seed. And I think they needed, after that five-overtime win against Jacksonville State to close out the regular season. Um, we saw Kennesaw State's defense in that game, though, give up some passing yards. JSU was able to throw the ball on Kennesaw. I don't know if Wofford's going to be able to really exploit that too much because, like, like I said, you know, they're the triple option team. But if Kennesaw State's able to get past Wofford and set up a potential matchup in the quarterfinals with South Dakota State, you, that's got to be worrisome for the Owls to try and stop, you know, a prolific passer and just a potent offense in the Jackrabbits. Another matchup in the third round, or the second round, rather, that really intrigues our game of the week, James Madison and Colgate. And it looks like Adam is ready to join us. Adam, you there? What's up, Dakota? There you are. <laughs> yeah, how you doing? How's tonight? it going? I'm Pretty good. good. I was good. Just, I did a little recap with myself just to try and fill some time. I didn't really go too deep into anything though. Just right. kind of gave the scores and gave my you know the upset of the week this past week was obviously Duquesne over Townsend in my opinion. Yep, I agree. Because I know I know you watched more of that game than I did, but I watched some of it as well. And the weather in Towson was just horrible. It was awful. It was weather. rainy, cold, not good, real good football weather. Yeah, both teams were able to have over 200 yards rushing because really that's all you can do in that type of environment. Because they, you know, Duquesne's running yep. back AJ Hines. He he ran for 175 and a <laughs> touchdown. And then you look at you know Towson quarterback Tom Flacco, who's been their star player on offense all season, he wasn't able to get anything going, you know, because of the weather. You know, 10 of 33 passing, yes. just 127 yards. So, you know, Towson led 10 nothing, but then they got shut down. They got shut down completely that second half. And then I got to look at I don't remember who's on my side of the bracket. Man, another, another thing that surprised me on my side of the break, Southeast Missouri State, they did get the home win over Stony Brook. They were down 14 nothing in that game. Their offense wouldn't ever get anything going. And then they just flipped the switch, and Stony Brook couldn't stop them. And then Southeast Missouri, I think it was like two touchdowns in three minutes or something like that to tie it. And then they just got 28 unanswered, defeated Stony Brook 28-14. to <laughs> Now they go to Utah to try and knock off the number two national seed in Weber State. That, if Southeast Missouri's offense can come up and show out, that's going to be a, a very high-scoring game because Southeast Missouri is a team that averages 40 points per game, and Weber State is a team that can score as well. But Weber State really known for their defense. So being on the road yes, going they are. to the cold in Utah to take on – one of the best defenses in the FCS. Not an easy task for Southeast Missouri State. Nope. So what surprised you on your side of the bracket? Um, hold on. I'm trying to get the poll out. My computer is a little slow tonight. But I'd say I'm not, I agree with you on Duquesne beating Towson. A little shocked on how low scoring the um, Delaware game was. I thought that would have been a little more or at least on the Delaware half of it. I thought they would have scored a little bit more. But let's see what else the bra- I don't even remember half the bracket. Let's see, it's not really that surprised actually on how Incarnate Word hung with Montana State for a good chunk of that game. Um, this bracket's finally ready to pull up. I was really surprised that at home, Northern Iowa had so much trouble with oh. Lamar. It did. Where was that? I don't my side. I didn't remember that side of the bracket. Now you and now you and I've got to try and go <clears throat> on the road to California to knock off UC Davis. 
And if they play like they did last week, that game is going to be over at the coin toss. Researching for the for the night's show, this is the first time I had seen the final score of Nichols and San Diego. I didn't realize how high scoring it was. You know, if Nichols did win forty nine to thirty, uh, not surprised by that. Now Nichols has to go from Louisiana all the way to the northwest to beautiful Cheney, Washington, with a date with number three Eastern Washington. It's gonna be a great game. That has the potential to be a very high-scoring game as well. Um, Eastern Washington's defense, though, has been really good this year. Not necessarily the yards they give up, but just the points that they give up. Is my phone going to charge tonight? And then on my, the final game on my side of the bracket is what I called last week's game of the night, Jacksonville State beating East Tennessee State 34-27. ETSU led 20-10 to a halftime. Jacksonville comes back, takes the 34-27 lead. East Tennessee State knocks on the door. They're going into the end zone, and then they fumble. And Jacksonville State recovers in the end zone. That was a crazy game. Yeah. Look at my side of the bracket quick. Finish up what you're talking about. Um, you, another game that I thought surprised me a little bit was the Wofford Elon game. I thought it would have been a little closer than 19 to 7, but that was still a very good game. Yeah, then we touched on the other parts of my side. Looking at the second round matchups on my side, <clears throat> the only one that really impre- the only one that really intrigues me that much, just because I see the, all the other ones being really not close, is Jacksonville State going to Maine. Mm. That'd be a good game. And then another game I actually see on your side. Oh, no, it's not on your side. Never mind. A game on my side, some games I see being close are Kennesaw State and Wofford. They both run the triple option. And then I also see that James Madison Colgate game being very close as well. Yeah. Uh... Both teams really have struggling offenses. Just the fact that yes. Colgate's offense is when I when I did the research on it a few weeks ago, see if I can pull it up real quick. Their offense is just not that great. Um No. But James Madison <laughs> this season hasn't been that they impressive either. Do they have the team? Right. James Madison has talent, they just don't haven't been able to put it together. I think yeah, you know, the first couple of games of the season, Danucci looked really solid. And I was really did. impressed with how he looked. I was very okay, impressed with how it. he started out. But yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a big defensive showdown this week for them. 
Yeah, Colgate's offense is ranked 95th in the country. Their defense is giving up five points per game, and they obviously have you know they, they've shut yeah. out four teams. They they competed with Army. You know they were down by seven <laughs> late in the fourth well. quarter until Army scored again. And I, I think if James Madison played like they did last week, Colgate has a very real shot to knock off James Madison. Oh yeah, if their defense plays, I feel like if James Madison's defense plays like they did last week, then James, then James Madison will probably win that game. But if their offense plays like last week as well, then I see Colgate having a real good shot at knocking them off. Yeah, it's going to be a big defensive showdown there. And then, of course, we got two teams that will probably win big, and that's NDSU and SDSU. They'll probably win their games by at least three scores, I think. <clears throat> Kennesaw State and Wofford, you've got two teams that do run the option. And that one's obviously intriguing because you have two teams that run the same offense. But I, I still – Kennesaw's um, defense is better. But more importantly, I think Kennesaw's offense is a lot better than Wofford. Because Wofford, even, you know, really the whole regular season, when, mm-hmm. when they're playing teams that aren't used to, you know, stopping the option, they struggle to really yeah. score a lot of points. And Kennesaw – is one of the best, one of the top five offenses in the country in scoring and just total offense in general. Yeah, because Kennesaw they run that literally, a tr- in my opinion, a true triple option. Right. And then Wofford is that old school army type triple option. Yeah, I think I think Kennesaw will win that game. But don't be surprised, though, if Weaver comes in. Or not Weaver, Wofford comes in and wins it. I wouldn't be surprised if it's close because with both teams running the clock, there's just it's just going to be a very mm-hmm. short game. So, you know, just one turnover can <laughs> really change the course yeah. of the whole game for either side. You know, a three and out or a you know, turnover on down or something like that. You know, if Wofford can mm-hmm. get one or two of those, and yeah, they'll they'll very much be in it as long as their offense can capitalize. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think Wofford could win this game though, because if you look at recent history for them in the playoffs, they've been known to shock people. They did it last year when they went in beat Furman in the quarterfinals. I think it was the second round. Not many people thought they would do that. And they uh-huh. beat them pretty easily too. Of course, they came in and got beat, got beat by NDSU, but and then I think it was the year before they did something too. It was something like they beat New Hampshire and made a run. So don't be surprised if Wofford wins this game. That's why I saw something earlier talking about Colgate. How you know, even though they're from the Patriot League, they've had. The last few times they've been in the playoffs, they've had success. The last time they were in the playoffs, I think they said it was 2015, and they made the quarterfinals after defeating a seeded James Madison team. And then back in, I think, 2003 or 2004, they reached the national title game. So of the so of the seeded teams, are you putting Kennesaw stay on upset alert? Yeah, I think I am. A close one. I think they'll pull it out, but I think Colgate has got the best chance to lose. And I'll throw Maine in there as well. Although I don't, I'm just not understanding why Maine has, ever since the bracket has really been released, Maine has just always been the pick to lose in the second round. I, yeah, but I don't know why. I think because Maine's going to be a very tough some, place to play, especially for you know Jacksonville State. It will be. And they got a really good defense. And that's what you need to make a playoff run. Yeah, I think some of why they were picked to lose in the second round was because they didn't have the 
they weren't supposed to have their quarterback back. Now that he's back, I think they could win that game. Let's see. Their favorite? Let's see. Trying to find some of these odds. I think from what I heard, JSU is actually favored in this game. And when we answer our fan questions later, I'll explain why I think they are. Because that's actually one of our questions is about them being favored, but I think they are actually favored, though, still. I could see that one going either way as well, easily. Yeah, if Jacksonville struggles on offense, especially with the quarterback play like they did last week, would not be surprised if Maine's able to pull it out. But if, if the offense can play like they closed the regular season out against Kennesaw, then I, I don't. Then I say I can see JSU going to Maine and pulling out the upset, which I, I guess wouldn't be an upset since they're the favorites. Yeah, I feel like if we could see the offense that went in and beat or that played Kennesaw. The- was it? I think it was five overtimes. Yeah. I could see that. With that offense, I could see them winning. But if we see that defense that they had in those overtimes, then I could also see Maine winning, too. Any other second-round matchups that intrigue you? Mm-hmm. That UC Davis, you and I, does a little bit just because we don't know which you and I team we're going to see. Are we going to see the one that went toe-to-toe with NDSU early in the season? Or are we going to see the one that showed up last week against Lamar? The real surprising thing about that Lamar game was that they were at home. And they're usually a lot better team at home. They are. That's why I think if we see that you and I team that showed up against NDSU, that's going to be a high-scoring bar bur- barn burner type game because neither team really has a defense. Right. As I feel like if we see that offense that showed up against NDSU, we will see a barn burner game in at UC Davis. It looks That's kind like, of how I feel. I think looks like UC Davis is favored to win. I don't see the odds though right now. I thought I saw they were favored to win. Another one you could possibly see being a good game. I think you mentioned it before was the Eastern Nichols game. I could see that being a good game as well. Depending on once again which team we see show up for Eastern. Yeah, Eastern's gonna have to have, you know, the their defense really show up because Nichols has a sneaky good offense. You know, they've oh, scored yeah. They've scored over 40 points in five straight games mm-hmm. since they lost to Abilene Christian. Since that loss, you know, they beat Incarnate Word 48-21, beat Houston Baptist 41-20, yeah. Stephen F. Austin 47-14, and so on. But but none of those teams are on the level Eastern Washington is. The only one that they – they played two teams, technically, in their playoffs, because one of those was Incarnate Word, and then one of those was in the playoffs in San Diego. And San Diego, all they really had was, in my opinion, was their quarterback. Their quarterback is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, they're looking at San Diego's quarterback. He was 30 of 56, 322 yards and four touchdowns. Anthony Lawrence. I said something. What did I say? I said something yesterday in the group. He was like, someone had asked, about some of like best quarterbacks. Yes, yes. And I had put something out there with that. Said something like, he's like number one or two in most of the QB categories. Uh huh. The only one he's not is when he's number seven. 
that's I think I think that was in like QB rating or something like that. See if I can find it quick. Yeah, number two in passing yards. Oh, yeah, he's first in QB rating. He's seventh in completion percentage. He's second in passing yards, second in yards per attempt, and first in touchdowns this year. With the longest passing yard passing the season twice. Mm-hmm. So he's a pretty darn good quarterback. Yeah, looking at these stats to back up Nichols' offense, they're 23rd in scoring offense and number 11th in the country in total offense. So. Eastern Washington's defense is really going to have to stay focused and do their best to mm-hmm. try and keep the as long as they state don't show off the board. Like, as long as they don't show up and play like they did against Weber, they should win that game. Any other intriguing matchups to you? Nah, that's that basically all of them. I think, are there any? There's another, there's some more games this week. That, I think there's another game this week that's not in this. I saw one. I think it was, it was Charleston Southern and somebody else. I don't, I don't remember. Think it, who it was, was it Charleston? Because the one I was, oh, Charleston and Citadel are playing right now. Yep. Yeah, they're playing tonight. Citadel's winning. Drake's going to Iowa State. We have Norfolk State's going to Liberty. But the big one this week, PNU, Saturday, 4.30 Eastern, SWAC championship game. Southern University against Alcorn State. Winner goes to play North Carolina A&T in the championship, or in the celebration bowl. That's the matchup I was looking at. That's going to be a good game. Yeah, it's going to be like the first time in, I think, five years, I think it was, that it's not going to be Alcorn versus Grambling. Alcorn's still in, but Grambling obviously didn't make it. Um, these teams did play this think, year. They played in September. I was thinking last Alcorn year. went 20-3. I thought last year it wasn't Grambling either, but I might be mistaken. I was thinking last was, year. Last year, North Carolina A&T won it. So I look at some of the history I, here. I think North Carolina team beat Grambling last year in the Celebration Bowl. Was, it, was that last year they beat them in it? Wow. See, it looks like here we had – now this actual Celebration Bowl has only been going on for four years. We've had – North Carolina A&T beat 2015. We had Grambling State beat North Carolina Central in 2016. A&T again beat Grambling in 2017, and they'll be playing again this year against either Alcorn and Southern. So this is this is North Carolina A&T's third year out of four to make it to the Celebration Bowl. That's pretty impressive. And the one year, looks like the one year they weren't in it, they were one game out. And they have 
And the, their one loss that kept them out was to North Carolina Central, who ended up who ended up losing to Grambling. They they were almost in it four straight years in the four years of existence. In Southern, they start off season um, two and three. Now, their first two games were against FBS opponents, and then they defeated a, a Division two school, squeaked mm-hmm. by Alabama A and M by two, lost to Al- Alcorn. But Alcorn's their last loss. They've won five straight since. This they game lost, is they've won five straight. They beat up game is in Mississippi. Their closest game all year was a two-point win over Alabama A&M. Yeah. You look at Alcorn, and their last loss was a 10-point loss to New Mexico State. They lost in five overtimes to Alabama State. It'll be another five-overtime game. I forgot about that one. And then they got blown out by Georgia Tech. They have their last game was two weeks ago that they lost. And their closest win was or game was their closest game was that loss to Alabama State by three. So both teams are pretty good. Gonna be a really good game to decide the SWAC champion. Um Oh yeah. No doubt that the atmosphere. Um it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the attendance will be as well. <laughs> and trying to see if I can find anything on past attendances for this game. Um, wants to show me anything? Here we go. The winner plays in two be... weeks from Saturday. Yep, they play two weeks from Saturday. In Atlanta. Was that in Atlanta this year? I can never remember where it's at. Yeah, it's in Atlanta. Last year, they had over 24,000 people in NRG Stadium. Their biggest crowd for the SWAC Championship was 1999. That was in Southern Beach, Jackson State. That was in front of an attendance of 47,621 people. They get a good. They get a. They average over twenty thousand a game every year for this game. That's pretty good, I'd say. I think there's a lot of programs out there, even FBS included, that wish they had those numbers. Oh, a lot do. All right, we got about. I think it's about 20 minutes left of our program. You want to do some questions? Yeah, that's fine with me. All right. Let's start off with Jalen Cooper. I think he was a Jacksonville State band member, I think it was. And he wants to know, who should JSU be looking out for as they prepare for the road playoff game against Maine? Now, I have two players that I came up with. What do you think? I'll let you go ahead and give your two players. All right. All right. So, the two players I had, I have an offensive and a defensive one. On the offensive side, I said that their QB is back. That they should be looking out for him. He's averaging 190, 191 rounded passing yards per game. He's thrown for 14 TDs this year. And then that's just in nine games that he's played. He was hurt for the last two, I believe, or the last one that they played. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they have a sophomore linebacker. He only played in like – he played in 10 games and started in three last year. This year I think I saw he started in all of them. He's leading the team with 93 tackles this year. Averages 8.45 tackles per game. And he's just coming off his career high of 16 tackles against Elon in their last game. So he's going to be a big defensive player for them this week. And those are, those are the two guys I had 
they should be looking out for. I'll go offense and defense as well. I'm going the rushing attack, even though Maine doesn't really run the ball a lot. <clears throat> but I feel like, you know, with their quarterback being injured, you know, he's a little banged up. You're, you're facing a tough physical, mm-hmm. you know, defense in Jacksonville State that you really don't want your quarterback getting hit a lot. So I think they're going to go to the run game more than usual. So mm-hmm. I'm going to look at R- Ramon Jefferson. He's He's got just shy of 700 Ooh. yards on the season, he, but he does average five yards per carry. He's got five touchdowns. Uh, his longest run is 64 yards, so I expect him to get a lot of touches in the game. And then defensively, we saw Zare Cooper against East Tennessee State have some accuracy issues. And so I think this can be a big game for defensive back Richard Carr. He leads the team with three interceptions. Uh, if he can pick off Cooper, you know, one or two times, get some short field for the home team, mm-hmm. they're not careful. Set, set up that, you know, like I said, short field for the offense to capitalize. So Cooper's going to have to be on his game in this one because they got two defensive backs actually that have three interceptions apiece. And, so, and as a team, they have 12. So, and they're number four in the country in total defense. Yeah. So we need the so Zaire Cooper is going to have to be himself that showed up against Kennesaw and not the one that showed up against East Tennessee State. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Next question we have is from Landon Johnston. And his question is, how many Big Sky teams will win slash advance this weekend? Now, I think it's going to be at least three out of the four, but I don't see any less than one advancing. The one I have that's pretty much going to win for sure this week is Eastern. Yep. I also see UC Davis and Weber winning as well, but those are the and I don't see honestly I don't see Montana State winning. But I see at least yeah, I mean, three. I don't see any less than one. Yeah, yeah, like you, you yeah, three three definitely should. I, I don't think Montana State's going to advance, but you look at Weber State, UC Davis, Eastern Washington, they should all advance, mm-hmm. you know, given who they play. I would give actually the most I just don't trust Northern Iowa, and I feel like every time I say that, they come out and prove me wrong. Um, so I really don't want to say I, you know, definitely they're not definitely going. They're definitely not going to win at UC Davis, but you know, Semo and Nichols. What they got going for them is those are very high potent offenses. So mm-hmm. if their offenses can actually get going, then I feel like they can actually knock off who they're playing. But in Northern Iowa's case, I don't feel like there's one thing that they do extremely well. I think they're just an average team. And UC Davis is really good yeah. on offense. They're not the best on defense, but going all the way to California, I think, yeah, like you said, at least one should. But I, I see three. But I see Weber, UC Davis, and Eastern Washington all advancing. Yeah, because looking at the, I finally found the spreads. Weber's favored by 11. Eastern's favored by 20 and a half. I don't know how they can get 20 and a half, but. And then UC Davis is favored by nine. And then, see, where was it? Then, of course, you got NDSU is favored by 28. So, I think, I agree. I think it's going to be three teams for sure. No less than one, though. I don't see four. So, there you go, Landon. All right, now we got the tough questions. We got three questions from the same guy. Here we go. My good friend here, Jamie Champion, asks, "Why do you think the computer projections have JSU as the favorite at Maine?" Now, I'll, if you don't mind, I'll go first with this one. I looked at the stats, and on offense, JSU tops Maine in each category. Over 2,000 more total offensive yards than Maine. They have, I think it's over 1,000 at least rushing in and passing as well. So, and then on the defensive side, it's a little closer stats with 
JSU only giving up 500 and I think had only given up 553 less offensive yards than Maine. So I think they're favored in Maine because they are, are on paper the better team. What do you think? Um, I'm trying to find them real quick here. Okay. I mean, I, I was surprised as well. I kind of said that earlier because it's at Maine. That's a very long way to go from Jacksonville, Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know, Maine is very cold. Too? Someone said they left today. Okay. I know the Southerners are leaving tomorrow. I think I, I think Jamie told me they're leaving like tomorrow morning or something. Now the but weather's actually not supposed to be that morning. bad. The high nice. is thirty-four. And it's mostly cloudy, yeah. and there's only a 10% chance of participation. Um, and then you look at who Maine – and Maine's defense is really good. They, they're they number four in total defense. Mm-hmm. They're like number 11, I think, in scoring defense. Yeah. But then you look at who they played in the CAA. Yeah, they won the Colonial. They avoided James Madison. They avoided Stony Brook. Um, Which I think they would have beaten Stony Brook. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have been surprised they played – if they you know beat Stony Brook and um, this is a main team that has an FBS win. They beat Western Kentucky, almost beat Central Michigan, mm-hmm. but then they went they were, lost thinking, by three touchdowns to Yale. <laughs> I was that I was thinking they were the team that played like two FBS games. Like one was one week, and then like they had a FCS game, and then they played another one or something. My, so the reason I can see. JSU being favored is sort of what you said. It's just J, JSU is, just has a lot of playmakers on offense, and it's just a mm-hmm. very you know high ranked offense. And you look at who Maine has played, and they have really not faced an offense of that caliber because you know in the they played no. Albany, they played Richmond, they played Elon, who lost their quarterbacks. And then in those games, they don't really score sure. a lot of points. They're about in the mid twenties. Yeah, they scored 13 against Villanova. Now they did play Rhode Island and then sco- and scored 38 on Rhode Island, but that was one. Nothing. Rhode Island was good, right? Yeah, Rhode Island ended up finishing like dead center of the conference. Mm-hmm. They finished exactly. And then they lost to William and Mary. I just think it's because Maine is very inconsistent and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a really good defense, but I don't think their offense can really keep up if they have to. And I think JSU is an offense that will make them have to keep up. Because you saw last mm-hmm. week in East Tennessee State, even a very bad game for Jacksonville State, they scored 34 points. <laughs> they did, yeah. So that would be my guess as to why JSU is favored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you look, experience. Yes, and they also put up 35 points on Towson. Yeah. Whose offense was really good this year as well, in my opinion. So the last, to like the last two games. All right. Two more questions here. These are more like hypothetical questions. Same guy, Jamie Champion, he asks, should the FCS format remain the same or should it be broken down into regionals like basketball where all teams are seeded? Why don't you lead off with this, answering this one? I don't have a problem. I don't have, I don't have a big problem with how it is set up now. Um, I can see why the regionals having the regionals would be a discussion because they basically seed and then place these first round matchups basically based on geography. But mm-hmm. what I would change is I don't like <laughs> I don't know how to words it. Like I don't know. Like JSU in the first round, they're always gonna get the team from the SOCON basically. Mm-hmm. So or the you know, in last year we got the you know Kansas State who's the big south. Now this now this year in the second round we're traveling to Maine. And so I was 
wish that that geography didn't play a huge part in the decision making, just so we can actually see some different matchups. Now this season, was, yeah. I liked the matchups we saw. Like we saw Nichols play San Diego. That's Louisiana versus California. We saw hey, that's perfect. Uh, you know, we saw Semo play Stony Brook. But like, I don't like you know James Madison and Delaware. Like, I know they didn't play in the regular season, but these are in they, these two teams are in the same conference. I don't. That's something I don't like. Is we have teams from the same conference playing each other, and we can have the same thing mm-hmm. next weekend if Eastern mm-hmm. and UC Davis both win. Now I know you know in the quarterfinals it's really can't really avoid that per se, but but you look at you know. Let's see. Never mind. How many teams are in the playoffs? Is it 24? 24, yeah. So if we were going to do the regionals, See. I guess it'd be if you easy. look at, I looked at the bracket when I was thinking of how to answer this. I'm like, it's hard to do it regionals because there's so many more Eastern teams in this year's bracket than there is Western. Yeah. That well, I was trying to, to think. I was trying to do the quick math in my head, but it can even do with 24. Yeah, you can. You can. You can, be 24. Like, you can do four. Or there's, now, I know some people don't like the the first-round buys that some teams get. I'm like, you look before 2013 when there was the 20 teams. One team, no, 12 of the 20 teams had a bye, and they had like uh-huh. I think it was four, yeah, four, like playing games. So for a while, there's been the bye. Do you think 24 is too many or not enough? Because when you when you start getting teams like now now it's great these teams do make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But like, do, does anyone really think Lamar is going to win the national title? No, but I think like I think Lamar this year they were put in because they wanted to put Incarnate Word in, but they couldn't put them in without putting Lamar in because Lamar beat them. My thought is right, and Lamar was right up there too. I'm trying to think, we have what twelve? I think it's twelve. No, it can't be twelve. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. So we have ten auto bids and fourteen at larges right now. Right. So I like how it's set up a little actually right now. I think it's the perfect setup for him. I don't I could see them shrinking it maybe. I don't see them expanding. I look at it and if you're an unseated team, you have to win five in a row to to win the time, mm-hmm. which is half a season. Basically, because the season's we're, eleven games. We've had a team, we've had teams do pretty close to that. Yeah, I think it was twenty sixteen, was it? Let me look. I think it was twenty sixteen. In twenty sixteen, we saw Youngstown run through it before losing in the championship. Uh huh. Trying to think, twenty fifteen, we might have. I don't remember if Jacksonville State was seeded that year. That's what I'm trying to look at. They were. That was the year they were won. 2014, maybe, did we see it? Yeah, 20, no, not 2014. 
trying to look back at history here. See, 2013. No, 2013, Towson was seven. And ten. Well, in that 2015 season, Sam Houston State made the semis, and they were unseated. Yeah. Team. Because they were unseated that year, they they made it all the way to, and then lost to you guys. And they got they were I think they were the last team that actually got close. Well, was there? Were they seated? No, they were seated last year. Okay. And besides, twenty sixteen. The last non-seeded team to make it was 2008. That was Richmond, and they won it. But then they only had to play four straight games. Let's see. That was when there was two. That was back when they had 16 teams in it. It's a long road if you're an unseated team. What was the last question? We got under a minute left. All right. Finished. Last question was, same person, should the semifinals also be played at a neutral site, possibly when you get down to the four teams, like a similar setup to the FBS playoffs? I think if they're looking for more money, I could see them doing it. I could see them doing it like in Chattanooga or something, doing at least one game there and then doing another game somewhere else. But if they're not looking for the money, I don't see them doing it. Yeah, I don't have a problem with the semifinals being at the host campus, but if you're able to get a, you know a good enough bid for a neutral site, then I, I would I'd be I'd be all for it. I wouldn't have an issue with it. Oh yeah. I'd be all for all right, it. That wraps up our show. For it, but. All right. This has been the, well, two STS fanatics this week. We'll be back. Hopefully we'll all be back next week. We can re- recap re- round two and preview the quarterfinals. Hope you guys all have a great week and enjoy some football. Have a good week, guys.